Welcome to the Travel Podcast, brought to you by thetravelexpert.ie, bringing you around the world of travel with your host, Sarah Slattery. For more information on travel, visit our website at thetravelexpert.ie. And now, this week's episode. Welcome to episode five of the Travel Podcast. In this week's episode, I will be reading another one of my articles from the website. This week, it's about my trip to Sri Lanka and how I was seduced by Sri Lanka many years ago. For more details, or if you want information on anything specific that I mention here, you can check out the post on my website, thetravelexpert.ie. I hope you enjoy it. When I told people I was going to Sri Lanka, the general reaction was one of surprise. I was asked numerous questions. What are the beaches like? Is it safe? Where is it? And what are the reasons to visit Sri Lanka? There are countless viral videos doing the rounds on the Maldives and Mauritius is on every top honeymoon destinations list, but little is known about the diverse Indian Ocean island of Sri Lanka. Perhaps that's part of its charm. Wouldn't it be nice if it stayed that way? Unfortunately, I think that's unlikely. Sri Lanka is becoming more and more fashionable with all types of travellers. Honeymooners, culture vultures and backpackers are suddenly interested in visiting this remarkable island. So what is so special about this country that is the same size as Ireland? Located in the Indian Ocean, you can expect numerous white sandy beaches, stunning scenery and a hot tropical climate. But you probably already knew that much. However, unlike some of its neighbours, Sri Lanka has so much more to offer. There are a staggering eight UNESCO World Heritage Sites in Sri Lanka. Ireland, for your information, has three. Despite its size, Sri Lanka packs a powerful punch when it comes to wildlife. It is one of the top five countries for biodiversity in the world. It has the highest density of elephants in Asia, and leopards are another common sight in Sri Lanka. The fact that there are no lions or tigers to threaten their existence has helped their survival. The largest animals on the planet, the blue whales, are regularly spotted here. We didn't have time to take a whale watching trip this time, but I'm already plotting this as my excuse to return. Sri Lanka is also home to stunning tea plantations, mouth-watering food, and let's not forget its low cost of living. Now are you seeing the many reasons to visit Sri Lanka? The island practically screams adventure. In fact, I urge you not to go for a beach holiday. If you just want to chill out on a beach, then go to one of the other Indian Ocean islands. However, if it is adventure you seek, go to Sri Lanka. You can climb a 660 foot tall rock to see the sunrise, go on safari in the afternoon and flake out on a white sandy beach in the evening. Sri Lanka is an enchanting island that seduced me many times over during my visit. Here are some of the highlights and the many reasons I think you should visit Sri Lanka. I was lucky to be travelling with a group of travel counsellors who specialise in arranging bespoke travel itineraries with a personal service. Nothing was left to chance and we squeezed in as much as possible in the six days we were there. We flew with Turkish Airlines, who fly daily from Dublin to Istanbul and onwards to Colombo via the Maldives. Fortunately, the flight time gave us the opportunity to take some pictures of the Maldives from the plane. You can choose to combine your stay with a few days in the Maldives, but we went straight to Colombo. We overnighted in the five-star Movenpick Hotel, which I can highly recommend. 
The luxurious bedrooms come with freestanding baths and the buffet is one of the best I've ever had. It was, it was exactly what we needed before we set off for a cultural triangle in the centre of the country. There is only one highway in Sri Lanka. Roads are not one of its strongest points. With six road deaths every day and 1.2 million tuk-tuks, it is not a place to hire a car either. I recommend taking a private guide to bring you around the cultural centre, even for a few days. Not only will it save you the stress of driving, but you will also learn a lot about the local lifestyle and, of course, see all the highlights. We were able to make impromptu stops along the way and we even spotted photo, when we spotted photo opportunities or needed to find the VIP toilets. Yes, VIP toilets do exist in Sri Lanka and they are predominantly used by tourists. They were godsend. I wouldn't like to see what the locals use and they might be difficult to find these if you were traveling alone. Seeing elephants in their natural habitat is one of the main reasons to visit Sri Lanka. However, our first stop was Pinawala Elephant Orphanage. It was founded in 1975 to save elephants who were abandoned or injured in the wild. It is now home to 88 elephants. We watched them bathe and managed to get great photographs, but I felt feeling a little uneasy about the experience. Some of the large males had chains, apparently due to their aggression, and we were told that these elephants are not ever going to be released back into the wild. There are mixed reports on Pinawala, and while I believe they are helping many elephants who may not be able to fend for themselves, my overall feeling was this is not somewhere I would like to revisit. However, our second stop to Kaudulla National Park was a fantastic experience. It's located beside the well, the more well-known Minaria National Park, where thousands of elephants are free to roam between the two parks. We enjoyed an elephant safari and saw hundreds of elephants together in their national habitat. There are so many elephants here. In fact, from July to September, which is the dry season, there is a daily gathering of over 200 elephants at the watering hole in Minaria. It must be an incredible sight to see. Regardless of when you travel, you're almost guaranteed to see elephants in these parks. We saw hundreds over the two-hour safari. One of the highlights of my trip to Sri Lanka was the climb to the top of the ancient rock fortress, Sigiriya. It is a UNESCO World Heritage Site and it is hard to imagine how a palace was built on its summit in the 5th century. In 35 degree heat, we managed to climb the 1202 steps to the top. It happened to be a holy day, so it was particularly crowded. This didn't help my nerves one bit. It wasn't the physical climb I had the problem with, but instead the thousands of people hanging off the side of this rock on what appeared to be a poorly supported staircase. Despite my nerves, I made it to the top and felt extremely proud of my achievement. The views are spectacular and it was definitely worth the climb. In fact, I would do it again in a heartbeat. It was definitely a bucket list moment for me. Some tips for climbing Sigiriya. I would say don't go on a holy day. Bring plenty of water and wear comfortable shoes. The climb is supposed to take 45 minutes, but it took us two hours because of the queues. Temples in Sri Lanka. There are several extraordinary temples to see in Sri Lanka. Unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, <laughs> we couldn't see them all. We chose the remarkable Dambulla Cave Temple for our first stop. We saw over 150 Buddha statues and frescoes inside five small caves. I found the caves fascinating. Not only were the statues remarkably well preserved, but how the caves were built around them in the first place was mind-blowing. 
Our second stop was the Temple of the Tooth in the cultural capital of Kandy. This was another incredible sight as it was an authentic working temple with ceremonies taking place each day. We visited during the evening time and were fortunate to see the prayer ceremony and the temple lit up in what looked like fairy lights. We spent a night in Kandy, but it was probably the only place in Sri Lanka that I didn't warm to. I felt it was a busy tourist trap, so my advice would be to make a brief stop there and move on. For a more authentic experience, try the small town of Nawala Pitya. I'm not sure if I pronounced that correctly. I loved walking around its colourful streets. The people were so friendly and posed happily for photographs. I'm told the ancient city of Pulanawara is also worth a visit. It is a UNESCO World Heritage Site and home to another remarkable temple. Unfortunately, our short time in Sri Lanka didn't allow us to visit them all. Some tips for visiting Sri Lanka. Um, you may already know to keep your shoulders covered, but you also need to keep your legs covered before entering any temples. And this applies to men and women. The tea plantations. One of the highlights of my trip to Sri Lanka was our stay amongst the tea plantations. In fact, this is up there with one of the best experiences I've had throughout my travels. The journey from Kandy through the mountains was spectacular and the icing on the cake was our home for the night. We stayed in one of Sri Lanka's best hotels, the Ceylon Tea Trails. The Ceylon Tea Trails is one of the best hotels I've ever stayed in. And if you can imagine, if you can manage to stretch the budget, I would highly recommend it. The Infinity Pool must have one of the best views in the world and the service and food was second to none. During pre-dinner drinks, I recall our butler asking my colleague if he wanted some nuts to go with his drinks, which he kindly accepted. A few minutes later, we wondered if he'd forgotten, only to discover that a chef had roasted fresh cashew nuts to bring to his table. The Salon Tea Trails Hotel is an all-inclusive hotel, so all meal, meals, premium drinks and snacks are included in the price. But our amazing experience didn't end there. Our transfer to our next location was by seaplane from the pontoon at the end of the hotel garden. This may sound a bit extravagant, but actually it saved us an eight-hour drive to our next stop, and the journey was jaw-dropping. The tea plantations are stunning from the ground, but even more so from the sky. There were terraced fields as far as my eyes could see. I saw firsthand the advantage of booking with a travel counsellor. They anticipated that the eight-hour drive would hinder our experience in our next location and organised a seaplane transfer instead. One of the tips for visiting the tea plantations and many destinations in Sri Lanka is to remember that internal flights are quite common and seaplanes are not that expensive. The roads are very poor, so if you're planning an itinerary and finding it hard to fit everything in, don't forget to check the internal flights. We arrived, uh, with regard to the tea plantations, we arrived on a Sunday, so the tea factory was closed, but it is something that is highly recommended if you are staying in the area. Yala National Park. Our next stop was Yala National Park. So if you are hoping to see a leopard in Sri Lanka, this is the place to go. There are more leopards in Yala National Park than anywhere in the world. Unfortunately, at the time of our visit, the main block, Block 1, was closed, so we weren't able to see them. However, we did manage to come across a friendly elephant on the way to the park. He was crossing the road as we were driving. We got so close to him, I could almost touch him. It was a wonderful experience to see him so relaxed and friendly, and we also managed to spot a slot bear in the park.
Some tips for visiting Yala National Park is make sure that you check that the main park will be open if you're planning a visit. The weather and seasons play a part in the opening of various blocks. And if you want to see elephants, the parks at Min the Minaria and Kaudola National Parks have better opportunities. Sri Lanka's beaches, when, and vi when to visit and why. Sri Lanka has two monsoon seasons, May to December in the southwest of the country and October to January in the northeast. Despite being there for both, I visited in October, I travelled throughout the country and saw mostly blue skies, hot temperatures and very little rain. One thing I did find strange was that we were unable to swim in many of the beaches on the south coast. The currents were too strong and swimming was not recommended, even at the five-star Shangri-La Hotel. There are many beach resorts to choose from in Sri Lanka, Nagambo being the most popular, which is very close to Colombo. We travelled to Gal in the south, which is beautiful and a place I would have liked to see more of. It is home to the iconic stick fishermen and the famous Gal Fort. Luckily, we stayed a night in the Jungle Beach Hotel on the east coast of Sri Lanka, where the beaches are superb, the water is warm and perfectly safe for swimming. This eco-friendly boutique-style hotel used the existing trees in the design of the hotel, so it felt like we were staying in a treehouse. It was a little piece of heaven and just what we needed after an action-packed few days. How to get to Sri Lanka? Well, Turkish Airlines fly daily from Dublin via Istanbul and offer excellent in-flight service, including drinks. There is a touchdown on the Maldives, but the time allowed us to get some superb pics over the island. I recommend using travel counsellors to organise your trip. So, As you can see from the above, it is not the easiest holiday to plan on your own. This will ensure you see the highlights in a time and budget that suits you. Some final thoughts on my trip to Sri Lanka. We came across a Sri Lankan man when we were in Gaal and we asked him why everyone was so happy in Sri Lanka. And his reply is a quote I'll never forget. Why stress? There will always be fish in the sea and bananas on the tree. There are so many reasons to visit Sri Lanka. It is full of friendly people, culture and adventure. It is waiting to be discovered. So go see it before the crowds arrive. Thanks for listening to The Travel Podcast. For more information on travel, visit our website at thetravelexpert.ie. Also, remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Available on our website and also on all of the leading podcast providers. Until the next time, remember, keep traveling. Keep traveling.